A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, sausage. Hello, little muffin, little Greek salad. <laughs> okay, Greek words are impossible. Have you ever tried to learn a single word no. of Greek? I can say oppa. Is that even Greek? Oh, yeah. Um, I feel like there's a word for cheers that I knew, but I can't remember now. Anyway, I was just telling you off ear, um, which we decided to just start recording because it's this sort of stupid chat that makes the pod what it is isn't it so I just learned how to swim (laughs) you sorry I sound like a mom I don't know how to do this how to do intros when we don't um or like how to start the pod you would you strike me as like a a real swimmer like a competitive swimmer you've got those like muscly arms you've got good strong shoulders what I think is that similar to Australia, I guess, even though we're surrounded by water, it's treacherous water. I'm scared of waves. I'm, I've had multiple incidents of like almost drowning, but I don't think that that actually informs the fact that I can't swim. I think that A, I like never went to school <laughs> when I was, I know you learn in primary school, but I kind of just tried to avoid any sort of physical activity back then by pretending I had my period every week mm. or just forgot my swimming gear I just I just would try and get out of doing anything um so I didn't learn then really and then the water the ocean is scary I've been hit by waves and almost drowned in piha and then there's sharks the ocean is scary I think a lot about when I was growing up in Perth we would catch the bus to the beach after school and would swim in the water and there would literally be great whites like along the coast swimming and a helicopter could see them and would just set off an alarm on the beach if they got too close and we'd all get out of the water then we'd wait 15 minutes and get back in like I would obviously never ever do that now I wouldn't even swim in a lake I know but we were so fearless at the time we I remember like me and fades would get caught in rips and we'd just get rescued and be like thanks and then keep going we were just yeah rips I forgot about rips. rips so yeah basically because I did tell you when I went to the Hampstead Heath ladies pond and I was like <laughs> drowning around all the old women who were just um, treading water. I can't really, 
I can kind of get in and do a little float about for a bit, but I can't tread water very well or swim like lengths at all. Mm -hmm. So I've been teaching myself how to swim, bought some goggles. They're pink. I'm going to show you. That's really jarre of you. Hot pink goggles. It's nice to swim with goggles, actually. Oh, it's so nice because you can see. I used to swim laps in the morning before I went to work, if you can believe, for a very short period of time. And I thought I was super fit because I'd say to everyone, I'm doing like 30 laps in the morning. And then they all found out I was doing breaststroke, which is apparently (laughs) like not exercise. But it is. It is. 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 It's different. Then I started trying to do freestyle and it was impossible. It's fucked. But I considered briefly toyed with getting goggles and a swimming cap because it was making my hair green <laughs> oh my god yeah you should have gotten goggles because it because it changes everything and also my eyes are so bung as everybody knows that I tried to open them once to see where I was going in the pool and then couldn't see for like three days I I <laughs> I would love to swim like recreationally in a pool but I just find it so boring without music I, I like no one's come up with waterproof airpods i know yeah. how good would that be yeah otherwise i just can't yeah, enjoy i was like it. swimming around looking at fish yesterday in the ocean it was really fun and i felt like a true pisces <laughs> it was so moment. i actually had like a megan markle moment where i was like under the water like flapping around being like life is good <laughs> the little mermaid um oh my god the little i women. finally found my voice okay on to like there's been so much news this week i can't i can't believe it we've been so blessed we're, we're chock full we didn't even have to ask each other what we we're going to cover this week because it was so obvious <laughs> i think the girlies already know as well so first things first chris dawson in a full circle moment well, this needs to be the last episode of our podcast because <laughs> the first episode was our, of our podcast was him was about the teacher's mm. pit ever All these many years later, and Chris, bye, bitch, finally going to jail. Bye, bitch. I mean, it's very bittersweet because look how long you can just see from him in the footage. He's an old man. This happened 40 years ago. He's 74 now, but at least he's finally been brought to justice for killing his beautiful and lovely wife, Lynette. Yeah, I guess at least there's... A bit of justice in the fact that, like we've talked about before, 74 feels really old to us. But when you are 74, you probably still feel like you have a lot of life left. Yeah. And the Headley released this podcast like, whatever, four years ago. So he's had four years of shaking in his boots, I hope. he. So you haven't listened, I don't think, to all the teachers' trial episodes. No, I, I don't know why I haven't. Every time we get off, every time you say it on the pod, I'm like... Must listen. It's because Headley's not in all of them, so it feels a bit like a sort mm-hmm. of less good sequel. But it was interesting. But they play a lot of these calls between Chris and his twin brother, Paul. He needs to go to jail too, really. Yeah, and they, like, hate Headley, and it's so satisfying to listen to. They're like, he calls himself a fucking journalist. You're not a journalist, Headley, you dickhead. <laughs> like, that's what they're saying to each other. Oh, my God, really? Yeah, and they play the actual audio, but they're, like, old men. Love. Headley looks sexy and cool and confident outside of the court. I'm going to send you a pic. He's got these great 
glasses on. He's got a beautiful pink tie. He's wearing a pink ribbon, which I assume <laughs> is tied to the case. No domestic violence is white ribbon, yeah. but it's just a mm, little I one. Pink is like breast cancer awareness. Or something. Everyone's wearing pink. Maybe it was Lynn's favorite color. Oh, yeah. He's wearing a navy suit and a pink tie and these fabulous vintage style glasses that look like contrast lens glasses. And he's just having a special day. Yeah. Also, I feel like this must be the first time a podcast has put someone in prison. As in an investigative series. I don't know. I haven't Googled that, but it feels like it. There was another one I listened to where they – a guy in the US, he has just been arrested. But I think this is the, definitely the highest profile one and the earliest one. And it's already, listen to this, the guilty verdict is in, so now time for the Hollywood treatment, how the hit podcast The Teacher's Pet is said to be turned into a true crime TV series with Joel Edgerton and Eric Banner already linked to the project. And No. And Jason Bloom, who makes all of the... So, Joel... What's his last Edgerton. name? Joel Edgerton and Eric Banner. Eric Banner. Who's, who's who? Eric. Who's playing who? Wasn't Eric Banner in um dirt? Not dirt. Wasn't Eric Banner in Dirty John? Or am I just being fucking mean? To yeah. Him? No, he was. He was the Dirty John. What's with this man and yeah, adapting podcasts? <laughs> yeah. Other actors, you know. He needs to get alive. He needs to get um, alive. Wow. Okay. Who's gonna play who? Who's Headley? Yeah. Who's playing Headley? Who's playing? Chris. Joel Edgerton. Yeah, I guess of it, surely Joel Edgerton is Chris. Wait. I'm so Same. Is they, are they yeah. going to go back in time? Because it's like, yeah. I would love if Eric Banner played Headley. Two Aussie hunks. Wow. True. I fully forgot that that would even be on the cards. Very exciting. I feel like it will be bad. I just already, I already feel like it will be bad. Yeah, did you hear that Rachel um, is suing Netflix for inventing Anna? Really? Yeah. I mean, for making her. I do get look it. Bad. <laughs> Justice <Yeah>. for Rachel. <laughs> they made her out to be this like annoying, whining, like little gremlin. <laughs> well, look, she's proving the point. Someone for it. Danny DeVito should play Headley. That is not nice. <laughs> <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio should play Headley. I want to talk about Leonardo DiCaprio now, but I feel like we've got too much on. We've got too much on the agenda. That news needs to wait. Um, Okay, so after that glorious, gorgeous news that I'm sure the entire AWD community was celebrating, so many people messaged us saying we were the first people they thought of. I was like, we hate you, Chris Dawson. Yeah. Shall we go on to which order should we do these things? Maybe a li- let's go like in chronological order of when these dramas happened. Okay, <laughs> which yes. is starting with the latest Olivia Wilde "Don't Worry, Darling" tea, which is just a never-ending circus. Um, that I can't, yes, I can't stop, won't stop reading about and obsessing over. When you saw when you when you saw my text messages. Was that the first you'd seen of it? Mm-hmm. I'd just woken my eyes up. I was fresh, <laughs> fresh as a daisy. It was like 6.30 in the morning and I had texts from you. And I know that you don't say 
like, oh my God, or you need to watch this lightly. So I knew I was in for a treat and I was. <laughs> it was very shocking yes. footage, but I'm glad we've had the distance of time between watching the Shia LaBeouf leaked Olivia Wilde video and now because I feel like I've had time to gather my thoughts. Yeah, I mean, we, we w- were in discussions over text about doing an emergency episode <laughs> that would have actually probably happened if you weren't away sans microphone. But yeah, I'm glad as well we've had the distance. When So what we're talking about, I'm sure everyone understands, is the leaked video footage of Olivia Wilde begging Shia LaBeouf to stay on her film, Don't Worry Darling, which she had previously kind of alluded to firing him from multiple times during the press run. And the latest of which was in a variety cover story, which had just come out days earlier. Mm-hmm. So when I first saw it, it was Keisha, friend of the pod, oh. who she, so I was like sitting at a dinner and she, what did she do? I think she Instagram sent me a link and then said, like, oh my fucking God or something. And then she WhatsApped me immediately as well. And I was like, this better be good. <laughs> and I clicked on it at the dinner. And then I felt really bad because I obviously went into like an, a spiral and like couldn't be stopped and couldn't talk about anything else. So I had to like fill all these people in about <laughs> everything. And they were all like, we just literally don't care. I was like, do you know who Olivia Wilde is? And one of them was like, you're like, um, you're about <laughs> to. I saw a tweet that was just like every, like I have literally not known peace in the last two years because every week I learned something else about Olivia Wilde against my will. And I was like, it is kind of true. Yes. Um, yes. So this video is of Olivia basically saying to Shia along the lines of, I get your perspective. I get Florence's perspective, but can we make this work? Can you please come back to the set? She infamously calls Florence Miss Flo in like a kind of condescending no. way. Oh yeah, Miss Flo. Miss Flo. I've got my friend Little Miss Flo because I, <laughs> I like the like the I put that on our Instagram. Little yeah, Miss I, Flo. I like made someone made a meme, Little Miss Flo, and I put it on our Instagram. It is like that vibe. She does sound like she, she basically says if little miss flo can get her shit together will you come back on set so it's it does come across badly very badly and she says is there a way to make this work the main reason that shia says he released this is because she said to variety i fight actively fired him because his approach to acting was combative and basically conflict driven and eccentric and while i love the work that he does it didn't make my lead actress Florence feel safe and therefore I had to act and he basically was countering that narrative by saying actually I quit because there wasn't enough rehearsal time for me to get the performance that I wanted I don't actually think to start off with that the proof that he's offered necessarily (laughs) proves what everyone thinks it proves like, it, I, I think I think she's obviously taking this narrative to make herself like a bit of a feminist hero in a way that's obviously embellishing the facts. But a lot could have happened after that video that we don't know about. No. Do you, so do you know that he also released te- like heaps of texts? Oh, really? And time frames and stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's released heaps. He, the <laughs> entire frame. email, he, he wrote Olivia an email after this Variety interview yes. and released the entire. Have you read that? Um, I haven't read all of it. I've read the 
chunk okay, of it where so he says I've had a baby with a, me a no, girl. Yeah. So that's fucked. I like hate it so yeah. much. Basically, he so yeah, Variety released the cover story. Then immediately afterwards, he wrote Olivia a big email being like dear olivia wishing you light and love yes. and i hope you're in a great place and like rah rah and then he said you know i've been working on myself he's trying the like reformed christian narrative because he's also using this to try and get good press because he's got a new film coming out as well this is pre- what's premiering at Venice. yeah this is what's making me very suspicious of this whole thing and how quick people are to jump on it i also find troubling because he is literally like tapping into the Olivia Olivia Wilde hate to try and rehabilitate his image at a very specific time doesn't mean that the stuff he's saying couldn't have happened but I just think we should be wary so I I actually I have read this email I've got it up but I didn't see texts or like numbers or times or anything oh yeah so then he also released um texts to to and from Olivia kind of thing and then a text to the director like apologizing for not being able to make it work. And um, there's also proof that basically he didn't even meet Florence in person. Mm -hmm. He's never met her in person to this date. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And the chemistry read he did was with Olivia and Chris, Chris Pine. Is that the other Mm. guy? Yeah. Chris Pine. He did a chemistry read with them, kept trying to do reads with Florence, but she was away filming and just like wasn't around um, so it was basically saying that that's why he quit. He also said that Sh- Shire's person, I can't remember who released, who this was speaking, says he read the script and hated it and Olivia tried to get him to help her rewrite it. <laughs> and he was like, no. Um, yeah, so I think, I think in the video what Olivia is talking about when she's talking about Miss Flo and this being a wake-up call him quit him trying to quit is because she hadn't been putting she hadn't been there to rehearse in person yet Uh, okay 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 yeah but then i don't know because yeah people are saying what i think is is bad about this situation is the narrative that i saw online on twitter and then on tiktok was that Florence didn't want to work with Shia LaBeouf because he's a quote-unquote known abuser and that Olivia Wilde has claimed that she fired him for that reason and now it's come out that she begged him to stay. Whereas what actually happened, whatever went on behind the scenes, when the film was cast, it was like six or more months before the FKA Twigs allegations came out. It was a time – there was no controversy around her casting him at the time. He was – like, I think he'd had things with, like, drunkenly abusing people and, like, getting into fights and stuff. Like, he wasn't a great guy that everyone knew. But that was years ago. Yeah. And then he had Honey Boy come out, which he directed and starred in and was, like, critically acclaimed and won all these awards. And then he had that other film come out that I told you – I've seen on the pod I've, I saw as well. I can't remember. But with alongside Dakota Johnson. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. at the same time. He was he – was, there was no controversy. And it just dated FKA Twigs for, like – Three years, we knew nothing about any of the stuff. Yet. Yeah, people loved him. No one, there was no backlash to her casting him. And Florence Pugh put on her Instagram when she was cast, I'm fucking obsessed with Olivia Wilde. She's like my idol. I can't believe I get to work with Shia LaBeouf. I'm so, so, so excited for all of this. So this idea that like that people are spinning now, that Florence is this superhero who had this total awareness about Shia before anyone else did and Olivia was this like she devil that tried to force her on him is not true 
There was obviously some sort mm-hmm. of behind the scenes casting problem. I don't really blame Olivia Wilde for trying to keep him on either. Like, I. Well, it depends what shit actually yes. happened. Depends. Like, we don't know what. You know what, like, did happen. I mean, from what Shy is saying, he didn't even meet Florence. Yeah, like if he didn't meet but, her, he kind of made her yeah. feel unsafe. But I yeah. also understand that you're saying he had this weird approach to wanting to do things that was fucked up. Um, yeah, I think the worst thing, and I, I, I read somewhere as well that yeah, also because I don't know what it's a psychological thriller. Yes, is what we're what I was forgetting, and he is a what is it. Like, method. <laughs> yeah, he's a method actor. Yes. I, I, and apparently Olivia Wilde has put, like, a lot of money of her own, which I haven't been able to confirm online, into the project so she could have more artistic license over it. She's, like, the captain of the ship is the director. It looks really bad if the actor leaves. Like, I do understand her trying to make it work, and when she realizes it doesn't work, letting him go. And I can kind of... And also know. understanding that um, having him... Having his name on it meant really good things because he's such a good actor at the time. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And then I think I think probably what happened, what I'm guessing, is that she was sort of realizing maybe after this thing of trying to make it work that it wasn't going to work. He was willing to quit. She was like, I wasn't feeling great about him anyway, so maybe I like let him quit proactively so she feels like she let him go and he feels like he just resigned the fact that she's spinning it to try and get herself like feminist brownie points in variety is not great i think that's a very fair criticism i don't think that's a good thing to do um totally but people are acting like she's done like (laughs) the most hideous and heinous thing on the history you know i just feel like the reaction to it feels a little like outsized yeah it's also like an insanely um shady thing for him to release that video in the first place like knowing that there's so much hate and vitriol about it and and like he sent her this really lovely actually no i think what why he released the video this is what i've forgotten is he sent her that fucking jade insane annoying email (laughs) saying you didn't fire me can you please he basically is saying like you know, this stuff has happened to me in the past few years that I have to really reckon with and that my five-month-old daughter with Mia Goth, Isabel, like, what? Crazy. You just dropped in there a huge bombshell. Mia, Co- Mia Goth is, like, the biggest agent of chaos. I'm just obsessed with her. Like, after the FK Twig stuff comes out, she gets back with him and gets pregnant in, like, six months. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so... They have a five-month-old baby. He's saying, now that I'm a dad, I love my daughter so much. Righty, righty, rah. I am, you know, very aware of what she's going to have to see when she grows up. And there are things, mistakes that I've made. And he mentions FK Twigs and he says this Twig stuff, like, whatever, right? Like, he doesn't deny it, obviously, as he fucking shouldn't. Mm. The Twig stuff that's, like, going to court kind of thing. So that's when he'll be able to have his say in court. But the other things that aren't that are just going to be out in the wild that she's going to have to read. So he wanted to clear up with Olivia. And then Olivia replied to that email. Did you know that? No. I thought she just <laughs> so said she, she wasn't replied. going to comment on it. No, no, no. So she, yeah, she replied to the email and was just like, um, I didn't bring up, I didn't want you leaving to be this huge thing, but I'm asked about it in interviews. And then she said, basically kind of gaslighty-ish. Mm. Or I don't know, it depends what way you 
see it but I read it as kind of being a bit gaslighty where she was like you may not you may have a different recollection of how like our working relationship ended to me kind of thing and you may genuinely believe you quit but thing and it's like all of the receipts show that he quit they do all of the receipts do show that he quit yeah I think that yeah, it is just a kind of a bizarre thing to do because you could so – this is – so the variety piece, which I actually hadn't read in full until before we recorded, is is really fascinating. She, like, spills on a lot of stuff. I was shocked by the – the Jason Sudeikis stuff has, like, stayed out of the media a lot. Like, she says a lot of really red-hot stuff about him in that interview, um, which we'll go mm-hmm. into in a second. But she really didn't need to go into as much detail about Shia as she did, and she could have actually still won the kind of – people thinking she's great for doing that without if without explicitly saying it the problem with this piece is like because the writer i don't know if olivia olivia says she never said she fired him outright but she obviously alludes to it so hugely Mm. it's so stupid but the writer actually wrote like began that paragraph by saying olivia wilde fired shire and i think that was when he was just like oh my god like now actually says it whereas beforehand it didn't say it and that might be the writer's fault not actually like Olivia probably could have gone away with it again because she didn't explicitly say it in quotations. I'm also assuming that Variety contacted his people during their like fact-checking thing to get a comment. So that might also be why he's come out, which is like, yeah. yeah. I do. So then, yeah, yeah, she replied with like this gaslighty kind of email and then he just released all the receipts, which is like hilarious, but also he can obviously fuck off. Oh, it's messy. I do feel like these these situ- these workplace situations are just like so complicated because it's I, I I do think she was in the wrong in this situation actually 100% and the 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 I agree like the miss little miss flow <laughs> stuff really does not has not served her in terms of like the public's perception of this Florence versus Olivia beef because it does seem very patronizing to like a highly successful highly acclaimed actress but i don't like i don't know i just i know it sounds like i'm dumb and i'm being naive but like we don't know that miss flow wasn't like her nickname behind the scenes like i'm just like we don't there's so much context of that missing that i feel like it's we're letting it weave into an existing narrative without necessarily knowing all the details and i just feel like we should give her a little bit of benefit of the doubt. I just think reading this variety piece and like the things that I know about her, she does seem like a very smart, intelligent, like thoughtful, nice person, which is not to say that she couldn't also have had a total personality clash with Florence Pugh that's left them not being friends. I just think the internet has this like, like people used to talk about Trump derangement syndrome. Like people have Olivia Wilde derangement syndrome. Like it's just too much. (laughs) Yeah, and I think you're coming at this from the perspective because you sound – I mean, you're coming at this from the perspective of, like, seeing the deep hate that's happening online right now. Yes. Which is obvious – and obviously just, like, the bullying and tearing down of any person ever is so, like, unwarranted and cancel culture is just fucked and we've seen, like, how bad it can get. So I fully understand where you're coming from. But at the same time, I just, like, feel like that video just gave such – I think what – I think – I think – 
I understand what you're saying, but at the same time, when I see that video, I see her as being one of those people that just like wants everyone to think. I know that she she is very smart and very cool and very whatever. Like obviously she is, otherwise she wouldn't be dating like. Oh, I don't know. That's not to say why that's not like her one accolade, but I just meant like people are like, why is Harry Styles dating her? He could date anyone in the world. And it's like, she's obviously very smart and amazing as she seems. But like, I do think she's got kind of got that thing of just wanting everyone to think she's cool. And I think that's why she's talking to Shia like that. Mm. You know, she's just being like, you know, Miss Flow this, and that's gonna be a wake up. She was like, I've just come back from my horses. Sorry, I'm so sweaty, and all her and all her texts to him. She's like, I'm so glad that you put your trust in me. Like, rah rah. rah. And I mean, it's just Jada. It's Jada seeing anyone's private texts to anyone. My private texts to like, <laughs> if I was working with like a, a big name celebrity that I was trying to get to stay on my project i'd probably sound like fucking deranged too yeah she's like she does she comes across as like weird which getting to our next topic i will say the same thing in the megan markle the cut profile which we'll talk about in a sec she just comes across as like kind of weird and i feel like olivia wilde is like that but i think it's just being american like i think it's being american and from california you just talk in this like slightly deranged way but she's like is there hope is there hope? I'm like, still, uh, like I just like it's like a robot yeah. talking, <laughs> and I get yeah. what. Well, yeah, I I, it's, I don't think that like people's perspective of her. I totally get what you're saying. Like I don't think what I don't think people's perspective of her is necessarily wrong. I just feel like I don't think this is like the um. What is the word? Like the the smoking gun that people think it is that proves that she's all of these things that people have been trying to say for months. I just don't think we have enough. In- yeah, I just don't everyone think we have enough had like times up Olivia yes. hashtags and stuff. Yeah. Okay, wait. Let's move on to other stuff in this interview. So, firstly, why? Firstly, writers are being so shady at the moment in these ways. We're kind of similar to Shia, like dropping all that shit. I just feel like variety. the variety writer was being shady in a few ways. A, like, either this interview was conducted after Florence... So, two options. This interview was conducted after Florence's Harper's Bazaar cover in which she says the movie is about way more than the sex. Like, the narrative about it being all about sex is so lame. And Olivia thus far had spoken basically only about <laughs> sex. And then... So, I was like, oh, this interview happened before that one came out and Olivia's like it opens with Olivia talking about the sex but I actually think it happened afterwards and that Olivia's kind of like in a way in her like very chill calm way is defending it because she speaks about female pleasure and like how it's never shown on she just kind of the way she spoke about it makes me feel like she's saying there's a reason for this Mm -hmm. um and then also, what is certain is that this interview was written after the Florence Pugh cover. So, A, the writer starts it with Olivia Wilde talking about orgasm, orgasms. So, I'm like, that's so shady yeah. because Florence literally just said that. And then in another part, they say Wilde then goes on a 14-minute tangent. Which is crazy when you think about the logistics of talking for 14 minutes uninterrupted. Yeah about how we're all complicit in a culture i don't know i'm just like i find that so funny while then goes on a 14 minute tangent but i guess it just adds color to the piece (laughs) 
I was like, I can't. If someone said that about me, which is like our entire podcast, because <laughs> it went on a fourteen-minute tangent about why she never learned to swim. Um, yeah, yeah. No, I like it though. I feel like journalists are maybe stepping back in and like reclaiming their space in the celebrity profile space because they've all gotten yeah. so gushy and stupid. Yeah, I found the Jason Sudeikis stuff like quite insane. So, um, like, I feel like this should be a really big news story and isn't. So talking about the CinemaCon incident, which is where she was on stage talking about and promoting Don't Worry Darling to a room full of like execs and she was served with custody papers on stage. She said, it was my workplace. In any other workplace, this would be seen as an attack. It was really upsetting. It shouldn't have been able to happen. There was a huge breach in security, which is really scary. The hurdles you had to jump through to get in that room with several badges plus special COVID tests that had to be taken days in advance, which gave you wristbands that were necessary to gain access to the event. This is something that required forethought. I hated this nastiness that distracted from the work of so many different people and the studio I was up there representing to try to sabotage that was really vicious, but I had a job to do and I'm not easily distracted. But you know, sadly, it was not something that was entirely surprising to me. I mean, there's a reason I left that relationship. I know, that is great. That is so red hot. She's being like, he's an emotionally abusive guy, essentially, who's yeah. trying to literally did an orchestrated attack to undermine my career at the exact moment that I was trying to do something really important for my work. Like, and that didn't surprise me. That's quite nuts. Yeah. But everyone like loves Ted Lasso. So they're like, no, Olivia, well, it's just a bitch. Like, <laughs> I know. Or even the, like, yeah. Cause the, the interview did, I, I, what's so annoying about it is that now this Shire stuff is like, as you say, overshadowed all of this stuff that the interview even did debunk. Like it debunked the fact that she, People say she'd moved to London with her kids um, because of her Harry Styles relationship. But in this, it says she actually moved there when he was filming Ted Lasso Mm -hmm. in London for the past like four years. And her and her kids moved there and had already been doing back and forth from L.A. But no one's going to even see this because both of us hadn't even read the entire interview until an hour ago. Yeah. And she says um, she emails and says, the rumors regarding a non-existent pay disparity between our lead and supporting actors really upsets me. I'm a woman who has been in this business for over 20 years, and it's something I have fought for myself and others, especially being a director. There is absolutely no validity to those claims. And that is... Yeah, I, I never believed that. that. Is still, but it's still being spouted like everywhere online where people are saying, plus there was a huge pay gap. Like this one stupid Dumois blind has led to everyone believing this untrue thing. <laughs> It's yeah. creepy. Um, also, it's so funny how an executive said about Harry Styles' performance. I think there will very quickly be a conversation about why he, is he even bothering with music when he's such a huge movie star. I cannot, with that TikTok video of him acting. Surely that guy's being tongue-in-cheek. That, so the scariest thing about that mm. clip of Harry Styles as bad acting is that his team picked it and released it as part of his Rolling Stone cover as an exclusive, exclusive sneak peek. So that's the best piece of footage they could find. That's the best piece of, that's his team picking that. That's terrifying. I think this film's going to be really bad and I feel really bad for Olivia because it honestly feels like it's going to be like 
literally the end of her career affairs. The most suspicious thing she's ever said is that she was wanted Harry Styles to be the yes, I know because of his such a lie. She just obviously told him that. Dunkirk. Have you seen Dunkirk? Okay, (laughs) he's like a boy on the boat six. He's like in it for less than three minutes, and he's like turns around and is like, oh, and then there's a bomb, and then he's not in the movie anymore. Like it's ridiculous. Uh It's like saying I wanted to get like. I literally wanted to. I literally can't even think of a similar example. It's a movie we've seen recently. (laughs) (laughs) She just wanted to buzz. What is a single movie we've watched? Yeah, but it's silly. It's so silly. And she was originally going to play Alice, which I didn't know, and wanted him as the guy and then switched it. She's been planning this relationship, just like every joke, just like everything else. Um, Yeah. If she did that, I would be happy for her. Of course. Everyone's seen Hayley Bieber. Yeah, she's planned her way out of an unhappy marriage. And Kate Middleton. Yes, and... Megan of Montecito. Megan of Montecito. Yeah. Okay, wait. Firstly, I mean, we need to move on. We actually do really need to move on because we need a lot of time for this yeah, fucking this finale. Pulitzer Prize-worthy interview. But it's so funny how she goes, um, how it goes, while and Styles have not publicly commented on whether they're a couple, although paparazzi voters have made it clear they are. And then she was like, <laughs> me? She was like, I'm not going to say anything about it. Because I never see a relationship benefit from being dragged into the public arena. We both go out of our way to protect our relationship. And then she's just like, I think it's out of experience, but also out of deep love. (laughs) It's like, this is, that paragraph is crazy. They have not publicly commented on whether or not they're a couple. And then the next sentence she says, we go out of our way to protect our relationship out of a deep love. Like, what? That is publicly commenting that you're a couple. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's so weird. (laughs) Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Shall we move on to Megan of Montecito? This is probably the best celebrity profile that's ever been. It's got to be like top 10 ever written. I was so deep in it. You know, when you like get completely lost in in, like a glorious book (laughs) and you just don't even know what day it is or what year it is or where you are. I was like, fucking hell. I was just like frowning at my phone for like half an hour. Mm -hmm. 
It's amazing. And then I, I also um, wrote notes as I read. So it's like real time on our doc. <laughs> First paragraph already screaming. <laughs> I was also sending you, when I, until I realized how crazy it was, I was sending Grace like literally every paragraph of the article. And then I was like, I have to stop because it just like keeps getting crazier. But it is the whole story. Like it was so nuts. So the whole story. You sent it to me. I started reading it. I finished it when Z and I were in a restaurant. Um... Z, H. <laughs> He's like, Grace, please. Um, <laughs> were in a restaurant waiting for this dessert that took forever. So I just kept reading it on pocket. And I literally had to keep showing him every single pa- – like he just read it along with me because every paragraph was insane. It was amazing. Yeah. I hate so much how like little energy my boyfriend will give me like at all about anything like this. Like with – yeah. And I'm also like, I'm not trying to talk to you about something like really fucking boring. I'm talking to you about like, the most interesting thing that's ever happened. But this is, I'm just like, it is just, it yes. is quite interesting. It's like Meghan Markle caught comparing herself to Nelson Mandela. That's interesting. I'm not like <laughs> wanting to like chat about, you know, I'm just like, also like this person wanted to watch the Princess Diana documentary with me. I'm like, how far removed are these two things and the crown? Exactly. Give me some time to talk about Meghan Markle. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's his mistake. So... So, okay, first paragraph, already screaming. Also, we haven't given, like, much more context to this, but I'm sure everyone knows Megan Markle's on the cover of the cut. One of the cut's covers. The other one is Megan the Stallion. And I, like, it was so funny because people were going, why does she keep calling her? People just don't understand that writers write things. Like, Megan didn't say Megan the Duchess, and they're saying Megan the Duchess to, like, play off of the words of Megan the Stallion. Yes. FYI, which is such an inspired, inspired, amazing idea. Like Lindsay Peoples Wagner, <laughs> fucking lit. like that is so good. Yeah, and also Megan of Montecito made me like scream, die. Yeah. Um, okay, so first paragraph. I don't know. I feel like this is one of my favorite favorite paragraphs already. I tried to read this out to my boyfriend. <laughs> um, an invisible hand, <laughs> an invisible hand has lit a Soho House branded rose water candle. The founder, Nick Jones, is a, fa- is a friend from long before I met Harry, she says. Oh, and that scent, even it continues, and that scent fills the air, mingling with the gentle tones of a fling- flamenco-infected guitar floating from a speaker. Stop. This is like, there is just this kind of unhinged arrangement in this profile that this writer captures so perfectly of Megan. Yes. And I get it. Like, we'll go into this more, but... Megan has been lying in wait for like four years, so desperate to get the opportunity to present what she feels like is her true authentic self and her true authentic story. And she's just been waiting, 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 waiting. Oprah, she got a little bit. This is the first time where she's getting to be like, this is who I am. And it is so produced and like stage managed that it just comes across as insane. But I still come off loving her. Because I'm like, no, same. She's. I also really like how the way. Is it Alison P. Davis or Davies? I don't know. Yeah, but either either or. I really like the way she's just. She's a very good writer of profiles. I found I found it really well written. But the way she explained what you're talking about is, she said that Megan had like 
been so produced that it's now like she has a bachelor yes. producer in her head before she speaks every time she says things so you like can't like I think basically she was just saying to us like when I was sitting down with Meghan Markle it was like I couldn't get a proper answer that wasn't like a PR statement yes the entire time and that's why it's so funny because it's so managed but so like unself-aware like that I feel like she d- like people were kind of saying afterwards does she have a team around her because the like the Nelson Mandela quote being obviously the best one, these quotes just come across as so like tone deaf and out of touch if she's wanting to come across a certain way. But I think she's coming across maybe exactly how she wants to. I can't imagine she doesn't know how the Nelson Mandela comparison will land. I don't know. Like I actually don't think she does know how because I think I think all she's trying to do is just be like I'm a good person, I'm a good person, see these other people think I'm a good person and I'm doing good things. And she's giving all these examples, but it just sounds so crazy when you're being like, I'm a good person, see, I do this, this and this. But it's like she's doing that because obviously the press only report on the bad stuff. So she's just overcompensating in this like really deranged way. But wait, there was a really funny bit. Oh yeah. <laughs> so like also, this see, this is this is, I feel like this part, encompasses what you're saying better even than Nelson Mandela. So Harry comes in. He's like talk. He's, I don't know, whatever the fuck he's oh saying. My God. And then Harry goes, I think we, you know, talking about how they're being really busy with their like what, one podcast episode they've made. <laughs> and he goes, I think we always knew we were going to be, I think we always, she's so iconic for putting this. She know she like put this whole thing in word for word. Yeah. I think we always knew the first few years of creating this new life from scratch, we were going to be the busiest, says Harry. Well, it's a startup, Megan interjects. We were building a business during lockdown. Like, it's like, yeah, she doesn't understand how insane it sounds yes. that she's trying to say that her and Harry being entrepreneurs and being able to build a business during lockdown is not the most insane thing to say in the world. Yes. Like, as if you're like any normal couple who's stuck in lockdown, who's like, jobless and needing to like start a business from scratch and and also the business isn't even fucking like doing anything or successful like it's so crazy and then harry interrupted (laughs) her and didn't let her finish because he knew i reckon he knew how crazy that sounded so he tried to like speak over her and carry on the conversation like he literally like interjected yeah yes i yeah we were building a business during lockdown this is like i i feel as if like i'm trying to enunciate this properly it's something that i have seen in other people that i like to think i've grown out of myself i think we have it when we're young which is when you really feel like you can will your own reality into existence (laughs) well i mean she's done well she has she's this uh, she's probably the most american person that's ever lived like in the sense that she has just come up with an idea of what she wants for her future and has gone about getting it in the most inspiring (laughs) incredible way but I guess because it has worked for her up until this point it's like she's trying to speak a reality into existence that just doesn't square with like facts um which is the point where people like who again Olivia derangement syndrome only topped by Meghan Markle derangement syndrome like the backlash to this interview has been truly unhinged um but that is the kind of her Achilles heel where people get her is that she's kind of speaking in this way that is just like a six degrees off from real life because it's how she wants the world to be in her brain. And she just like will not step out of that. 
So saying something like... She probably just doesn't know how. Yeah. And she probably hasn't had to because everything that she imagined in her brain is like now pretty much her life. But like, so we'll just quickly go to the Mandela thing. So I can explain it, even though I'm sure everyone's read it. But she... So... She said that when she went to a 2019 premiere of the live-action version of The Lion King, which was the infamous time where Prince Harry, like, begged Bob Iger from Disney to give Meghan voiceover work. <laughs> um, oh, my God, that's right. A, South Afri- a member of the cast from South Africa pulled her aside and he looked at me and he said, I just need you to know, when you married into this family, we rejoiced in the streets the same as we did when Mandela was freed from prison. Like, I think that maybe happened. Like, I think she somewhat misremembered the exact quote. But to, like, think that that's a normal thing to then, like, give as an anecdote. Not understanding that you're comparing yourself to, like, literal Nelson Mandela, who is... I and the thing that's crazy is like there are parts of that are true like the thing her being welcomed into the fold of the royal family um which has this huge scope across the commonwealth full of people of color was a huge incredible thing that had a huge like a huge cause for celebration I'm sure all over the world but like just thinking that that's normal to say in a celebrity profile is is super crazy (laughs) I know. Yeah. Other funny parts are... I don't know. With the cuts Instagram, I found quite shady. I was like, that. I they said... her When they announced the cover, they wrote, I'm like so excited to talk, in quotations, about Meghan Markle. I was like, that's... Jacques. <laughs> and then <laughs> another funny bit was she wrote which I wrote screen beside as any millennial woman whose feminism was forged in the girl boss era would understand. She has taken a hardship and turned it into content. Oh, love. Also when they like talked about her getting back on Instagram, I can't believe she's getting back on Instagram. I can't believe it. Can't wait. (laughs) Crazy timing. Um, I keep just, (laughs) I keep turning the aircon off and it keeps turning itself back on. Naughty machine. Sorry for that. Oh yeah. And I, I like didn't realize, I mean, their house must be, Obviously, their house is insane, but when the writer was explaining their house, it sounds so insane. 14.65 million. And then another, the other, oh, the other thing that made me laugh so much was when she was like, we didn't have jobs, so we weren't going to come and see it. She was like, we knew we wanted to live in Montecito, which is like where all of the richest people in the world live. And and she said, as they were looking for houses, this one kept coming up. But she was like, we can't go and see it because if we see it, we'll love it. And we don't, ha-. she said, and we both didn't have jobs at the time. So, you know, didn't want to go and see it because we wouldn't be able to afford it. And then like, they're obviously just in this $14.65 million house. I was like, when I was reading this, also similar to what I was going to say to you earlier, but then lost my train of thought. I was thinking that night when the Olivia Wilde video came out, I was like, I could just imagine being Olivia Wilde and Harry Styles in their house, like having just had dinner and seeing that break and just being like, her just being like, fuck. <laughs> and with this, I was just thinking about how much Kate Middleton must hate Meghan Markle. She lives in a $14.65 million mansion in Montecito, California, and just does this life away from the royals. And as this writer wrote in the piece, she's literally forged the life that her and Harry were kind of trying to have while they were part of the royal family. Like they're still doing their charities. They're speaking at the UN. She's doing this big podcast series on feminism. He's doing some like 
embarrassing documentary on the Invictus Games <laughs> that he obviously like will fucking be frothing over. Like Kate and Will must literally be like, you fucking dicks <laughs> leaving us stuck in this palace. Yeah, no, a hundred I think that's the thing about like this is why I'm glad the cut was like a bit snarky about her. About about not her, about the interview. Because they are like cold hard capitalists who are obsessed with like leveraging their royal ties for their own personal wealth <laughs> accrual. Like no question. There is there is elements of philanthropy within there, which I think is genuinely very important to both of them. But it is also like Megan acting as if that fifteen million US dollar Montecito mansion was just like a cozy little bolt hole that her and Harry wanted to buy, like a three by two in the suburbs, is deceptive. Like no one needs to live in a house of that size and they're celebrities and that's fine. But like the cut treats any other celebrity that is that kind of tone deaf about their own wealth and privilege with a huge amount of snark. So it's like, you can't just then have this glowing glossy thing about someone that obviously has values that are very, very much about like, (laughs) well, yeah. Talking about like Soho house, Soho house and and having the right architects and like designer clothes and, um, all of this stuff. And it's fine. Like she's, she reminds me a lot of Gwyneth Paltrow. She's very like Gwyneth paltrow but she doesn't have Gwyneth's like tongue in cheek self-awareness. Yes. Uh, also another thing that's been taken out of context, but it does. Basically when I read this, I was like, Jesus. So the quote is Harry said to she was talking about her dad and their, uh, their, um, estranged relationship. And then in quotes, it says, Megan saying, Harry said to me, I lost my dad in this process. It doesn't have to be the same for them as it was for me, but that's his decision. And when you read it, you read it as Harry saying that he lost his dad in the process. Mm -hmm. But then when, but Megan basically had to come out and clarify because the Royals would have gone nuts at her again. Mm. And like someone released a statement to the BBC being like, Charles is really like upset if his son thinks this. Um, But what, when I reread it, I realized that she was saying, Harry said to me, like as she's she's speaking, being yep. like Harry said to me that I that I they just took out the that and they put that the I lost my dad the quotes, in this process. They put quotes where quotes weren't meant to be, basically. Yeah, like Harry, she was like Harry said I lost my dad in the process, as in they put quotes around it, as if Harry said I lost my dad, whereas she's saying Harry said that yes. I lost my dad in the process, and he didn't yeah. want to do the same. Yeah. yeah. Also, she was so shady where she was like, um, basically saying. The writer Alison was like, "Do you think these relationships could be fixed?" And Megan basically talks about the royals, and she's just like, "Well, you know, um, <laughs> there's a lot more I could say, but I've chosen to stay silent." Yes, <laughs> I was like Meg. And at the end, where she goes, "I didn't sign an NDA," I was like, "Okay, Queen." Like, <laughs> yes, that also kind of goes against her arguments about how like unfree and limited she was i was like what's wrong with the royals that they didn't make her do that like they sound more liberal than most companies you have to sign an nda to like have a meeting at google yeah i love this that we just and then we can maybe go into pictures in a minute but this this is like the kind of stuff where she just comes across as like slightly strange but again i just think she's just american 
At one point in our conversation, instead of answering a question, she will suggest how I might transcribe the noises she's making. She's making, quote, she's making these guttural sounds and I can't quite articulate what it is she's feeling in that moment because she has no word for it. She's just moaning, end quote. Like she said that during an interview, Izzy. Like that's really weird. Mm, but I feel like she was just trying to be chatty and and like, <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. This is the problem with journalists, though. This is the problem with our profession is we do make people. I mean, we're just bad at it because like people are safe in our company, but like <laughs> we make people feel like they're safe in their company. And you know, she's she's in her own home with this writer. You'd feel you'd feel chatty and jovial. Your kids are around. Your husband's around, and then. Next minute, you've said something really stupid, and they're writing it in the cut. Profile. Right, so you think she just said that in like a silly way? It sounds like she's saying it in like an earnest, yeah. a sincere way. Where she's saying, I mean, maybe she's saying that in an earnest, sincere way, but yeah. Um, wait, I feel like we don't really need to talk about the photos. The photos are, I mean, they're just great. The photo that where yeah. they, she looks amazing. Campbell Addy, a black British photographer. Yeah, she looks gorgeous. I love the I love the one the most. I think they just should have had her looking more like the one where she's sitting down on the um wooden thing and she's just like looking at the camera and she looks less in like the first three. So there's the cover photo which they've zoomed in on, her face. Yeah. For and then there's like two of her basically one of her looking out into the distance, which is like Jare as fuck, sitting on a chair. Yeah. Um, where she looks like a damsel in distress, and then one where she looks really powerful. Actually, I do love that one. Yeah. I basically don't like the one where she's looking out into the distance, looking like she's, like, searching for a sailor coming home from a war. <laughs> but I love the one where she's, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, she looks She good. just looks absolutely beautiful. I love the cover image. Yeah, is so, so striking and amazing. It's, like, a completely unapologetic nod to Diana in her, like, post, post-divorce portraits. The turtleneck is the same um oh my god really yeah and it's like the 25th anniversary like i like i don't think it's super cynical but i i think the photographers wanted to do that and she was probably on board because there are like undeniably parallels between them yeah she looks heaven love her also shout out to tyler perry being a (laughs) celebrities are so (laughs) random like you never met them it was like you can stay in my like 50 million dollar house so cute okay on to <laughs> we're gonna be talking we're gonna be every single week of this do you know what we should have done fucking hell we should have released a like archetypes review podcast Aww. and just like when archetypes started last week and done a 20 minute review every week as like a new podcast series yeah but because it would have gotten lots of listeners but then i guess they would have fallen off very quickly because all we'd be saying is that we actually we like it. the podcast and agree with megan it's awesome um so her, i like unironically yeah, so we love it now i mean i did from the first same. episode but the mariah carey episode was great i actually really i mean i love the mariah carey episode because she's so fucking cool and uh hilarious but the serena williams one no joke it made me feel empowered literally yeah like ambitious and stuff i was like listening to it on a run and i was like yes yes (laughs) and yeah with this mariah one which came out when did it come out yesterday Yesterday. about the word diva is so great she's really i literally laughed out loud okay so 
Firstly, I forgot how iconic Mariah is and how many bangers she has. It's amazing. And she's so, she's so like weirdly down to earth and normal when she's interviewed. She's just like a cool chick yeah. that I want to hang out with. <laughs> yes. Her telling Megan to stop doing the math because people will work out how old she is. <laughs> she was doing the interview in a ball gown. And when she said being f- basic is not festive. <laughs> yes. Being basic is not festive. Wait, that needs to be like a tagline. Yeah, that, this should that should be on our merch. <laughs> yeah, we should plagiarize it. It might be the Tig merch. Oh my god, soon. love. Okay, one thing that made me laugh out loud was Megan. Megan, okay, this is when she's this is when she's so unself-aware. Yeah. Firstly, her podcast is about kind of like the stereotypes and the things that women the like labels that are pinned against women such as diva and she's trying to like reframe them get rid of the stigma yeah. and like <laughs> and get rid of the stigma and then mariah carey literally so megan at one point goes it's not something i can connect to about being a diva and mariah goes you give us diva moments megan and then megan was like what no what and gets really defensive and then she goes can you see me right now like talking about how she's just wearing like sweatpants and i was like megan. and at the end she's like and then she called me a diva. <laughs> and she's like, was my know, girl was crush like, over? <laughs> I was like, dude. I know. Do you understand what you're meant to be doing? <laughs> I know. <laughs> but she was like, and then she clarified that she just meant I was really, really chic. And I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was killing me. I agree. Oh, God. It's silly. She's a little bit silly. Oh my god, I can't believe she's outperforming Joe Rogan as number one in seven countries. Yeah, she's killing it. Wow. 10 million downloads on the first episode, apparently. Wow. My only concern Um, for her is that, like, she's got amazing guests on. She's got Mindy Kaling next week. She's going to have Issa Rae, Constance Wu, Margaret Cho, like, really incredible people. But I do think that, like, a certain amount of the popularity at the moment is I saw someone frame it as like rubbernecking like it's people that are just a huge amount will be people just doing it to criticize it or just doing it because they're curious and then I wonder what the stick rate will be it's not as easy as it looks Uh, Megan (laughs) yeah it's I mean she needs to stop with the three words thing that that was like I feel like that should have been workshopped more yeah um but on Mariah specifically, firstly, I didn't know anything about her marrying the Sony label boss mm. as her first marriage when she was 24 and he was 44, of course. Mm-hmm. I also didn't know, and I like highlighted this on our doc, which is the only thing I highlighted <laughs> on the entire doc because it made me lose my marbles, is that Obsessed, Why Are You So Obsessed With Me, mm. the song, is about Eminem. Yeah, that's- <laughs> because Eminem went around telling everyone that they were in a relationship for six months and she was like no we weren't you were just obsessed with me and then wrote that song it's so amazing dying pop culture a real moment in time for pop culture yeah um yeah love she also had amanda seals on this episode which was kind of like and I found that I found that really surprising because Amanda Seals, who is from Insecure as well, is like not a palatable person. As in, like she doesn't pander to the media. She doesn't pander. She like very often speaks about like race and racism and white people in this like very intense way on Instagram. Mm. Um, and I quite like. I it, like just surprised me that Megan had 
her on because I was like, oh, maybe she's not going to just be like super safe with this pod. Um, or like even that Amanda was across her radar. I don't know. I feel like it was like this little cultural nod that like a lot of people would have missed. But I was like, oh. Yeah, that's I mean, that's what I love about about the podcast is I think she's very in tune to. Uh, I don't want to say the culture, but like the culture, like I think her references are spot on. I think her instincts for who interesting people to talk to are spot on. I think the way she interviews and carries herself is great. And I think those moments where she lapses into like, I actually think Mariah Carey was a much better interview for her than Serena Williams because Serena Williams, she did seem to spend a lot of the time kind of just highlighting that they were great friends. Whereas Mariah, because they weren't, she kind of got into asking quite interesting questions and their shared bonding felt more kind of interesting and organic. Organic Talking about like growing up mixed race or like biracial and and not feeling like you belong to one group or another and and the, them both talking about their experiences with their hair and I just thought it was really enlightening and interesting and yeah I think it's great I mean so it's a 12 ep- it's 12 episode season like I wonder will she just keep doing a few seasons a year or something yeah I guess so it's so funny that it says in the cut piece as well like the the deals that they signed and how much money they signed and like how little content they've produced so far. It's quite crazy. And they dropped her. I I was obsessed with the idea for her Netflix cartoon that got dropped. I was like, how dare they? Same. What was it called? And her response to it was really funny as well. Yeah. Pearl, an animated series about a 12 year old girl who steps into her own power by traveling through time to meet important women across history and they axed it. And I was like, I would love to watch Pearl. I know. They, well, that's weird that they axed it. I guess maybe she was being just too sincere. There's not much you can do when a company and a division changes their slate. And there's not much you can do when, even though they think the project is great, the media reports that it was only my project. I mean, that's fair. She just attaches herself. Another thing she talked about was like little girls seeing her and saying it's a real life princess. I do feel like she takes one interaction and treats it like it's <laughs> happens all the time. Wait, the final thing I will say on this is don't you think it was like quite tone deaf how she picks Archie up from school and they have back brand new backpacks full of like granola bars and then she makes her security guard give it to homeless people. I was like, she obviously planned this as, like, a nice little anecdote, but that comes across to me as, like, deranged and, like, very let them eat cake. Yeah. Homeless, not toothless. Homeless, not toothless. Why can't you hand it out? Like, what's the homeless guy going to be like? Megan Markle? Oh, my God. Like, he's not going to give a fuck that it's <laughs> you. Like, why does the security guard have to do it? Yeah, that's so true. I didn't. I actually, like, missed that. <laughs> With granola bars. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, and then the last thing. Sorry, I have to say one more thing. (laughs) The palm tree. Insane. Oh, oh my God. I fucking copied and pasted that. So, yeah. The the Montecito house is the kind of... See, like, even when I was reading this, I was just like, oh my God, these two have done fucking well from themselves. Mm. Like... The Montecito house is the kind of big that startles you into remembering that unimaginable wealth is actually someone's daily reality, which is also so funny. Yeah. I don't know, I just find it funny, like, given their branding. It evokes a a classic Tuscan villa, a Napa vineyard, and a manicured Beverly Hills country club decorated with careful, considered coastal tones for a casual ear. 
the home equivalent of billionaires dressing down in denim, love. Yeah. Megan, one of the first things my husband saw when we walked around the house was those two palm trees, she coos. See how they're connected at the bottom? He goes, my love, it's us. And I can like so imagine him saying that. I literally like, it's in my brain already. Same. Like I can see a picture of this in my head. And if a man said that and to me. And now every day when Archie goes by, fucking Archie, <laughs> he says, hi mama, hi papa. <laughs> Archie's just going to be like the world's most annoying child. I with these and two. I kind of don't believe that. I'm like I do, but I to the tree. Hi, Mama. <laughs> like, wouldn't you be like, stop doing that? And that's random. <laughs> and then the end, the ending where she gives the journalist Megan sets a harvest basket in my arms. A cornucopia of fruit and vegetables from their garden and a jar of jam from the Lily Bunny Garden and Larder. She had the labels made on Etsy because the baby's called Lily Bet. I know. The Lily Bunny. (laughs) I love it. The chickens. Her just trying to buy the journalist off. (laughs) She also would have been like, Harry, you need to come in and say hello because like obvious people like freak out. (laughs) I know, she just, like, wheels him out for little cameos and all of these things. I know. And they're doing, like, a... Honey, come say hi to Serena. They're doing a reality TV show, which they say is a historical documentary, which is hilarious, because, like, Real Housewives is a historical documentary. Yeah. Yeah, there's been heaps of... Apparently, I'd missed all of that, but apparently there'd been, like, rumours that they were doing a reality TV series that, like, follows them around, similar to the Kardashians. But they're saying that it's not going to be like that, but it's still going to be reality TV. I'm like, give us what we want. I will suck The Real that Housewives up. of Montecito. I know. I do. I do feel like Megan might be a housewife one day. Like yeah. you'll, she'll be like the Yolanda Hadid one, who's like loves like harvesting from her garden and calling her husband my love, and like it's in her future. I in reckon like 10 she's. Years. I reckon you're right. I genuinely think you're right that she's going to relaunch. She's going to launch something like. The TIG again. That's like goop. The TIG is coming back, baby. You mark my goddamn words. We have we yeah. are not through with the TIG. I'm gonna work for the TIG. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we're doing. We have not seen the last the of the TIG. Let me tell you that for nothing. Okay, hope you guys enjoyed our final podcast episode. Yes, ever. goodbye. For everyone's in jail. <laughs> this was actually Bye. the only reason we launched it. <laughs> A teacher's pit. Uh play by play yes okay okay love you guys a nice juicy episode see you on patreon bye hold up what was that Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.